Hello, Theologizers. This is one half of the Theo Bros. Brett coming at you actually on a solo mission this time around. I wanted to get Benny Boy on the podcast with me per usual, but he is uh, busy with um, end of semester grad school uh, work up at um, his philosophy program. So I decided to uh, to record an episode um, on my own this time around so we can get something out to you. Uh, happened to have a day off um, unexpectedly um, today, uh, day of mourning for uh, George H. W. Bush's passing. And I work for the federal government for the VA, so I was able to get uh, the day off uh, last minute. So I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to record an episode and, and get something out to all the theologizers out there. Um, it's been a little bit since uh, our last episode, which was our Halloween episode. Um, so yeah, coming at you, uh, Christmas season, love it. Uh, love this time of year, love uh, just Christmas period, have great memories over the years and as a kid and um, just love filling my my world with Christmas cheer um, in the month of December. Got my tree up, got my lights up, trying to hit my holiday specials. So it's uh, it's good times right now. So anyway, I thought uh, for this episode, I would revisit someone that we mention often, and that's George McDonald. Um, we did an episode on him um earlier this year on one of his short stories, The Light Princess. Me and Ben did an episode where we discussed um, the story of The Light Princess and then uh, went into what we thought of it uh, theologically and some of the themes that were in that um, that story by George MacDonald, which we both love. And I thought that this time around, I would explore uh, some of his nonfiction work, in particular his... Uh, unspoken sermons book which is just a series of just like the name of the book a uh, series of written down unspoken uh, sermons um, that he had given over the years uh, each one with a different theme and I love listening to the audio version of uh, of unspoken sermons especially when I'm out running slash walking. Uh, George McDonald just speaks to me so powerfully and and what uh, he pulls and brings from from the scriptures and from his sermons. Um, so I was just taking a nice long walk along the riverfront here in St. Pete a few weeks ago, and I've listened to Unspoken Sermons um, through uh, completely through all the different chapters multiple times. And I just happened to be uh, revisiting, um, I believe it's chapter three, which is on the higher faith, is what the title of the the sermon is. And it's, it really spoke to me um, when I listened to this, and I thought it would be a, a great sermon to discuss on Theobros. Again, the name of it is the higher faith. So... Um, pretty much what this chapter is about. It's a it's about defining faith 
and what it means to have faith. I think that that's a word that gets thrown around a lot, and a lot of people um, mean different things when it comes to the word. So uh, I think that's that's one of those ideas um, in religion, especially in Christianity, that I think people just aren't all on the same page on as far as what exactly does does faith look like? What does faith mean? And George McDonald goes into exploring this um, in this sermon. And I just want to preface uh, going into what this sermon is about and what I uh, learned and pulled from it, what I feel like the Holy Spirit was revealing to me personally as I, I listened to it is this idea of God speaking our individual languages. So George McDonald is looking at faith as, as this communion, this trust in God our Father, in the Holy Spirit, in Jesus Christ, in our journey through our lives and taking steps into growing in deeper and deeper understandings of who God is, um, falling deeper, deeper in love with God, um, our maker, our creator. And what does that actually look like? And how does that play itself out in our day-to-day -day walk and relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in this beautiful communion of self-sacrificing love that is the triune God. And what kept on coming out to me as I listened to this sermon on the higher faith was that God speaks our individual languages. Um, that especially resonated with me because some of the issues that I had with Christianity or with, you know, relationship with God in general, uh, growing up in a big portion of my life and even struggle a little bit uh, to this day is that I specifically individually as Brett am wired a certain way. I have certain passions, certain interests, a unique personality um, that all is just very intricate and unique that creates me as an individual. And when we think of God speaking, at least I can speak for myself, when I have always thought of God speaking to me or what that relationship with God looks like, I've always thought of it as more of a generic kind of one size fits all idea that we as individuals must conform to whatever the church as a whole defines what this relationship with God looks like, what are certain practices that you must engage in to grow in your faith, to grow in a relationship with God. I feel like a lot of that institutionally by the church and the culture paints it as more of a standard model that we as individuals need to kind of conform to. Now that's not all bad because 
it's good to have best practices. It's good to have spiritual disciplines that people throughout history have used that have helped them grow closer to God that we can learn from and use as well. Um, there are some good things about having standard um, spiritual practices and touchstones that we're all using um, to go deeper with God, to come to deeper and deeper understanding of who he is, his love for us, and that communion that we are made for with him. But I think, at least for me personally, I suspect for a lot of other people, which is why I decided to go into this higher faith and God speaking our individual languages is that we are all so widely you know, different from individual from individual on the spectrum. Um, everyone has different personalities. Everyone has different histories, different cultures, um, different things that make them feel alive and feel complete and different passions. And that's the beautiful thing about the creation. And the, the beautiful thing about the human person is that God created us all so individually unique. And unfortunately, I think the church as a whole has downplayed this uniqueness that we each are, this unique, complex, beautiful creation that every individual human being is, and what that means in our relationship with our Abba Father. And that's why I kept on going back to this phrase that God speaks our individual language in our faith journeys. Because I don't know about you, but my imagination is so uh, powerful in just life in general and in my Christian walk and in and, and the imaginative faculties as far as what story I'm telling myself of my life. What am I feeling in that moment? as far as what I'm experiencing on a day-to-day, -day, my imaginative capacities can either make or break my love, my hope, my peace, my sense of belonging, my sense of feeling alive. When I'm doing something that I am naturally passionate about, or I'm in an environment that just for some reason or another speaks to me at the core, that's when I feel most alive. That's when I feel like I'm touching eternity where I'm finding deep meaning in my life. And a lot of times it's not cushioned within a religious quote unquote religious context. And I think that is where the issue lies is I feel like, I need to get into a, a quote-unquote religious positioning to commune with God, to fall in love with God. But the beautiful thing is, and I think this could help out so many people, and George MacDonald, I'll go into more detail what, what was actually in the chapter on this higher faith, but God speaks to us individually. 
every single one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. And God is everywhere. God is universal. He is into every single detail of this creation and of your life that there is. That means that God will meet you where you are if you call out to him. And that doesn't mean he's always going to use the standard religious touchstones that the, the Christian and religious culture and societies tell you you have to use. God will speak to you wherever you are, wherever your passions lie, wherever your interests lie, whatever awakens your spirit, that is where God is will meet you. Um, for me personally, like I, I've gotten into the Myers-Briggs. I think I'm either an ENFJ or an INFJ, but extroverted sensing is really powerful for me. Like I like to be out and about around people. I like to be in nature. I like, I love listening to to music um that really has a flow to it i just that that really energizes me like that sort of style and that's where god comes into my world and shows him that he's the source of that that he wants that 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 extroverted sensing like be around people activity kind of thing that's that's how he wired me so that's where he wants to show me um, that he dwells in and that he wants to he wants to use that to come into deeper understandings of his adventure of of the communion of being and loving people and being around people, all the good, pure things that come from that desire within me. And that is where God meets me because that's my own unique language. So that language is the language he speaks to me, and in that way, it can, enter my imagination and enter my individual wiring and goes deep down to the core of who I am. And that's when I'm really growing in my faith. So I want to encourage everyone out there that God speaks your individual language, whatever that is, wherever those passions lie, whether it be you love reading or you love travel or you love nature or you love certain films whatever genre of music you that just really stirs your spirit or you like to be physically fit or you like to go to coffee shops or you're into drama, whatever it is, whatever drives you, God created that in you. And that's where he wants to meet you. So don't always feel like you need to be in a church building or you need to be in like a standard um, Bible study or s use a certain language when you're communing with God because you don't. God knows every detail of who you are and he wants to meet you in every detail, in detail individually. We're not one of masses. We are not, we are not like one size fits all human beings. We are individually complex again fearfully and wonderfully made and 
Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our Father in heaven, this beautiful flow of self-sacrificial love, this relational God that wants to bring us up into that by communing in love with him and our fellow human beings, wants to meet you in whatever that is for you. Don't feel like you need to compartmentalize certain passions in your religious life. It is all one. It is all whole. It is all coming into being together. And that's when the faith can really, truly come alive. It's so much bigger than just being a part of a church, just being just getting in a Bible study, just checking these things off the box and, and saying, here's the lanes of like my interests and what I like to do with my time. And there's my religious time. God is in all of it. We just need to have the ears here. So he speaks your individual language. I just wanted to run that point home because that was the big point that I got from this higher faith sermon by George MacDonald. So I have a few quotes just to actually get into the content of the sermon and kind of unpack this idea of the higher faith, this idea of what, what desires, what passions can we bring to God in trust and not fear that God's going to take it away or that God's going to be less, less of a living water and a, a capital L life than you would have doing your own thing. But to be able to trust God with our entire being and all of the beautiful things that make up our individual personalities. And God will fall in love with us, us fall in love with him within who we are individual. It's a beautiful thing. It's not one size fits all. And I think that is, at least in my imagination, that's kind of what I've always thought about it as, the Christian life. But it's not. Don't look at someone else's Christian walk. And they look like they're getting it together, but they could be very different from you. And you could say, crap, do I need to do what they're doing? Do I need to be like a carbon copy of them and incorporate all of their practices and be the same kind of person they are because they are growing their faith? No, they are. <laughs> Don't look from left to right too intensely because every person is very, very individual and complex. And what what the what the falling in love with Jesus and and the Christian life and growing deeper in love looks like for one person could look like totally could look totally different than another person and that is the beauty of it. So I want to speak to this higher faith as George McDonald's uh, speaks to us through this sermon on what part of us or what can we bring to God and what are maybe some of those fears that we have that we're almost hesitant to bring to God because we suspect out of our fear that God's going to suck the life out of us instead of give us fullness of life. So let's look at some of this. I want to start off with a quote. As George MacDonald opens up this sermon on the higher faith about the childlike nature when we're young children do we hold back? Do we have any inhibitions as far as who we are, what we enjoy? No, we, we just do it organically. We're not old enough to have this self-consciousness of why well, I need to hold back part of me. I need to hide this part, but show this part. And and I don't know if God wants, you know, all of me. I think we're 
we're much more in tune with God than we realize when we're young children. I think we're more in that pure state coming from the, the desire of the divine relationship of the triune God. When we're born, we're much closer to that original childhood of God than as we grow, than we are when we grow older and are jaded. But George MacDonald says in one of the uh, opening lines of uh, the higher faith sermon, he says, the child comes, I say, with his heart full to God. And the answer he receives from the dull disciple, the quote unquote adult religious figure, when the child comes to him with his heart full is this is the answer the child receives so many of the time, and it's a travesty. The adult says, God has said nothing about that in his word. Therefore, we have no right to believe anything about it. It is better not to speculate on such matters. However desirable it may seem to us, we have nothing to do with it. It is not revealed. So that shows you the religious mind that if if something is not specifically revealed in the Bible or in scriptures, then God has nothing to do with it because it's not contained within the scriptures. As you can see, this limits us greatly when we look at the Bible as being an all-encompassing, all-inclusive, um, binding uh, book of truth that that is is totally contained in it of itself because um, we are sitting here as complex real living breathing in this present moment human beings and we have all of these passions all of these desires some of which you need to be kept under control you know some of which could possibly eventually lead into some sinful territory, but all of the desires in us that are pure and that have an aspect of goodness to them and just the longings of our heart, we want to bring that to God. And so much of the time, I, I feel like in my own experience, has been that religious disciple saying, whoa, 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 hold on. Let's, let's get back to what exactly is contained in the Bible, not something that might be hinted in the Bible that would reveal us into the word, the living word of Jesus, where we can actually bring our entire selves to and trust all of those longings and hopes and desires to, but we're met with resistance. I feel like a lot of times because it goes too far. It almost, the religious person is always, I feel like afraid that we're going to, you know, descend into some sort of debauchery or sinful behavior if we just just submit all of our desires to God. And we feel like God is even going to take them away, possibly. We feel like we can't even trust them with God because the religious person, I think, shows us resistance. So our trusting to give all of that to our Father in Heaven, is it, it, it's the trust... Um, the, the trust is harmed in a, in, a, in a big way, I think, sometimes in religious circles. George McDonald goes on to say, but to the man who would live throughout the whole divine form of his being, not confining himself to one broken corner of, the king, of his kingdom and leaving the rest to the demons that haunt such desires, a thousand questions will arise to which the Bible does not even allude. 
So now we're looking at the Bible of the, as the word of God and then Christ Jesus as the living, right now breathing, were eternal word of God. So the purpose of the Bible is, is to point us to the living word that is Jesus Christ. And we are divine beings. And we do have so much going on in ourselves that we want to bring to God. And we want God to, 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 to reveal what does this mean in the context of who you are, these desires, these hopes, the whole complexity of ourselves isn't an accident. It's not, none of it's removed from God, none of it's separate from God. All of that, the inherent goodness and those desires and those longings for love, for friendship, for marriage, for children, for adventure, for success, for the arts, for whatever it is, you know, you fill in the blank for your own life. That can be submitted to the living word of Jesus Christ, even if it's not specifically something alluded to in the Bible. There was a lot of stuff that the Bible doesn't allude to. The purpose of the Bible is to point us toward the living word, which is Jesus Christ. And I'm preaching to myself in this too. We can trust God in that. We can trust him. And, and that's hard to do sometimes because we want to control our lives. We, we don't think we can trust God with some of this. We're like, God, are you going to ask me to give up this desire? You're going to ask me to give up this big part of me? That's why we withhold our faith. That's why George McDonald says we don't want to hold our faith. We want that higher faith where we can bring all of it to him and trust him that it is going to be better than our wildest dreams as far as what he brings into our spirit and brings into our journey that we're all on in this life. So I would just encourage you, and that's a day-to-day thing, to be able to submit that to Jesus. You can't just submit it one day and the next morning, you know, the, the, like George and Donald says, a lot of times if it's not brought to Jesus, the broken corners of our kingdom, of our spirit that we don't bring, it's going to be leaving him to the demons that haunt those deserts. And they're going to try to get in. But every morning there is fresh faith, faith or fresh grace, I should say. Fresh grace, like the dew on the leaves in the morning. A fresh rain. So even though the momentum of this world, and there's so much brokenness in it, we can bring every morning, every single day, all of ourselves to the throne of his grace. And he can awaken that in us. And it's not a one size fits all. It's not one dimension. It is multi-dimensional, colorful, everything that's happening in our lives, all of our relationships, all of our interests, all, all of everything that we love to do, all of our hobbies, whatever brings us the most life. You know what I mean? That's different for different people. Some people, it's just chilling alone, reading a nice book by the fireside brings them life. It's like oxygen. And God created that. And he wants to meet us in those moments. For other of us, we're really extroverted. We need to be around people. We need to go have a, a big social life. We need to commune people. We have to hang out in restaurants, hang out, be with people, like do act, fun activities together. God wants to meet us in that. He's there. That's not separate. So God's grace is new every morning. The well never ends. Every morning he's there to meet us. If we bring our days bring our passions, bring our desires, all of our hopes in our life to him. He will care for that.
Um, to go on to another George McDonald's quote in this higher faith sermon, um, he says, the Bible leads us to Jesus. As I was saying earlier, the Bible, purpose of the Bible is to lead us to Jesus. The inexhaustible, the ever unfolding revelation of God. It is Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, not the Bible, save as leading to him. I love the word treasure because it connotates value, hope, importance, the inexhaustible Jesus. He doesn't exhaust. I, I'm guilty. I feel like Je in my past, I felt like Jesus exhausts because I grew up with this idea of Jesus, this cultural Christian Jesus. That's like, you know, the picture of Jesus on the wall, the little cross, the cross, like the religious symbol of Jesus. And boy, that's it, in the religious system that can be very exhaustible especially when you look at the the complexity and the beauty of the enti your entire experience all of creation all of your life all of your inner being we're like wow that's a lot bigger than this religious system but the living breathing word of jesus is it inexhaustible that means it's eternal and that even that word eternal gets kind of watered down. What would eternal just mean forever? It, think of it as whatever your imagination works or whatever image, this deep well, this adventure that goes on and on and on and on. And Jesus is always ushering us forward and forward and forward. It never ends this falling in love with Jesus, this divine dance of the Trinity, this deeper and deeper understanding of knowledge of who God is, of who we are, of what love actually is. What does hope taste like? That is eternal. That is inexhaustible. We can continue to bring that to God. And he will amaze us on deeper and deeper and deeper levels. It's a beautiful thing. George McDonald goes on to say, the son of God is the teacher of men, giving to them of his spirit, that spirit which manifests the deep things of God, being to a man the mind of Christ. The great heresy of the church of the present day is unbelief in the, in the spirit. The mass of the church does not believe that the spirit has a revelation for every man individually. A revelation as different from the revelation of the Bible as the food in the moment of passing into the living brain and nerve differs from the bread and the meat. What a beautiful line by George MacDonald. You know, the church will say all day long to the blue in the face that they're all about the spirit and the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues, all this. But the living spirit will give us the mind of Christ if we allow it to. The spirit will testify to the goodness. If it doesn't fit your, your box that you think the spirit should fit in, then go deeper with it. If you feel like the spirit's like, hey, the spirit, I feel like is speaking to me, but it's not in the way I would have thought by the way. The religious institutions tell me he speaks. I'm not like just speaking in tongues and uh, 
80s uh, sanctuary, so it must not be the spirit. No, the spirit is, you can't contain it. It will be testifying to truth through all of your days and through all of your moments. Every nerve and pore of your being individually will be testifying to God's goodness and the language you understand. It's not, I'll say it, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's not one size fits all. That is freeing. That's a revelation, at least to me. Because I know who I am as a person. Then I know kind of what, what happens to my, my imagination when I think of religion and even Christianity. It doesn't fit the bill a lot of times because my personal tailor-made imagination is being constrained. But God wants to open the floodgates to that imagination that I have, what speaks to me individually. And the spirit will do that. The spirit will lead. Don't, don't Even when you think of the word spirit, don't think of some weird religious thing. The spirit is truth. It's like God in us. It's, it's organic. It's like nature. It's like, it's like the grass and the soil. Like it's, it's, we're made to be filled with the spirit. It's not unnatural. It's very natural. That's how God leads us and transforms us into these divine loving beings that he wants to make all of us into, which will fulfill all of our longings. It's beautiful. Um, what, one thing that I like about George McDonald is in his sermons, he he always has the voice of the naysayer to what he's saying. Like the, 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 the guy who's questioning <laughs> what George McDonald is preaching as he preaches it. So he can kind of um, respond to what he knows will be maybe some objections that will naturally arise. And here's uh, w- one of the lines by the naysayers to all this. But isn't this dangerous doctrine Will not a man be taught thus to believe the things he likes best, even to pray for that which he likes best? And will he not grow arrogant in his confidence? And I suspect that would be a lot of people's concern when it comes to this bringing everything to God. All of our passions and desires. We think, whoa, easy. We need to have some restraints here. Or the man might just make God into his own image. You know, whatever he wants for himself, he'll be selfish in how he thinks of God and what he feels like the Spirit is teaching him. But then that, if you think about it, does not put trust in the living, active Spirit of God, which we all say we believe in. If that is actually true, if the living spirit really does come in, if we allow it to, it's always there, but if we have the the capacity to awaken to the voice of the spirit, then God will be faithful to grow us in the right direction. If we go off in the wrong direction, he will, he will lead us back onto the path of truth and of goodness, of beauty. George McDonald says, the whole matter may safely be left to God. And it really can. God is trustworthy. You can bring everything to God and to the spirit, to your Abba father. And you can tell other people to do the same. 
because the spirit is living. It is breathing. It will testify to what is true, to what is beautiful, to what is loving. It will. We might be up, down, all around roller coaster ride, but God will slowly but surely testify to his goodness until we can actually believe in how good he really is. Because we so struggle to do that. I know I do. It's a continual process. So George McDonald has this beautiful line again where he says to those people who bring everything of their individual self and desires to God, he says this of them, they are blessed to whom a wonder is not a fable, to whom a mystery is not a mockery, to whom a glory is not an unreality, who are content to ask, is it like him? That's a touchstone we can use. Is this desire, does, is this passion, is this hobby, is this interest, is this like our father? AKA, is it of love? God is love. Is it of peace? Is it of hope? What stirs hope? What do you feel your day is doing? That's, you know, we, we, we all long for those fruits of the spirit. And God wants to give that to us. There's nothing better than hope. As the end of Shawshank Redemption says, the character of Morgan Freeman, I hope. It's the, one of the most beautiful words ever. I like how George McDonald says, a wonder is not a fable. These wonders, these longings, these passions, they're not an unreality. They're not just a tale. They're not just, oh, that's nice, but let's get to reality. No, those are the deepest, deepest realities. And that's where God wants to meet us. George McDonald also says a mystery is not a mockery. Mystery is okay. We need to learn to live in the mystery because living in that mystery means we live in trust. We live outside of ourselves. We don't live to control and have everything perfectly understood. God will always be a mystery to us, but he's a mystery that we can trust and we know that he loves us more than we could ever possibly imagine. So a mystery is not a mockery. It is something that we can live in at the feet of God and creates trust in us to live outside ourselves and rely on God. Then he says, to whom a glory is not an unreality. What does glory mean? You could think of it in a lot of different ways. It's another kind of overused Christian term. But I, I define glory as something that just awakens your spirit, that makes you feel alive and full of love. That's not an unreality. That is the deepest unreality. That's the deepest reality. 
the cynic would say, oh, that's just, that's nice. Let's get with the real world. No, that is the reality. That is the deepest reality, this glory that God wants to give us. I know glory, that's a, I know for me personally, that's a little weird word. It kind of doesn't trigger maybe the, the most universalistic kind of overarching beauty in my imagination, that word, because it's kind of been used in a lot of religious circles in different ways. But for the sake of, of the text of this, of this sermon, we'll use it. And we can always ask, is it like him? The Bible does reveal Jesus Christ and his ministry. So when we bring anything, if we say, is it like him? Is the fruit of this like him? Then we can be assured that it comes directly from him. So I want to kind of wind down with this last quote at, toward the end of this higher faith sermon by George MacDonald that really spoke to me powerfully. It was, it was like a revelation when I heard it walking. It was, just, you know, it was a beautiful evening. Everyone was out walking, enjoying the weather along the water. What, you know, you feel the breeze on your face. That's how I felt. And then these beautiful words by George MacDonald, words of hope and of life. We know in whom we have believed. And we look for that which it hath not entered into the heart of man to conceive. Shall God's thoughts be surpassed by man's thoughts? God's giving by man's asking? God's creation by man's imagination? No, I say no. Let us climb to the height of our alpine desires. Let us leave them behind us and ascend the spear-pointed Himalayas of our aspirations. Still, even still, shall we find the depth of God's sapphire above us. Still shall we find the heavens higher than the earth and his thoughts higher and his ways higher than our thoughts and our ways. What a beautiful image we can bring all of our heart, of our longings, of our aching to God. And he, and, and he will always be higher than us. So my challenge to you theologizers is this. Put God, I don't, you know, it sounds like I kind of put God to the test. He's not afraid of it. Bring everything to him. Every broken dream, every continual dream, every passion, every interest, every deep, deep desire of your heart to him. And he will meet you in that. And he will continue to ascend the, what, the, what is called the Himalayas and George MacDonald's image. And his beautiful sapphire of being will always be deeper or higher, however you want to look at it, beyond us. What was the day God brings into the world and says, oh, too much faith. Whoa, way too much. Let's bring back the reins. No, God is the infinite source of all of our desires, all of our passions, infinite source of love, of goodness, of peace, of hope, of adventure. 
of our stories. God is infinitely beyond that. Don't let the institutional church, don't let modern Christianity, don't, don't let, if your imagination starts to kind of fire in ways when people talk about their Christian walk that aren't in this alpine sapphire heights of the Himalayas, then suspect it. There might be truth there, but you're not receiving it as pure truth because of your imagination. When your imagination is stirred, when you have those moments of absolute transcendence and deep love and whatever form that takes in your life, that's it right there. That is God. That's not separate from God. That's not your own little experience. And then you got your religious experience. That is God. And once we understand that, oh my goodness, we have every reason to hope. Because neither life nor death nor nothing can separate us from that. And that is our destiny. I know that's very hard to believe sometimes, especially in the hard, mundane, broken day-to-day world we live. But bring it to God every morning and have your eyes open to what the Spirit's doing and how the Spirit is leading you in speaking your individual language. God loves you so individually. You know, I was reading the uh, this morning. I was reading the um, my my grandma on my dad's side. She writes letters almost every week, and she's been doing it since I think the '60s. Like I don't know, maybe like 50, 50 plus years. I mean, it's crazy. It's and it's 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 a beautiful documentation of of the story of all of our lives within our family. And my dad gave me um, the the series of letters that spoke about my birth. And it almost brought me to tears because what it reminded me of was, you know, I'm in the midst of my life now and sometimes I forget where I came from. That I was just a baby at one point coming from my mother's womb and coming from the face of God. And just the love that I read in those letters, the caring that I read, the concern. I was a premature baby, and just my grandma wrote about my parents' just concern. I was their first child, born early. And just all of the love and support that surrounded my little spirit as it came into this world from day one almost brought me to tears. I was like, how blessed am I to be loved? And even if you don't have as much love in this world or you have more issues. We all have issues. God, we're all equal. God loves us that deeply, cares for us that much ever since we came from him as babies. And that's our destiny as well. And um, what it spoke to me was reading that was the individual that I am. It was my story. Even it seems to be lost. And I don't think about that as much more like 30 plus years later, you know, but it was a great reminder of how precious we are to God. So bring it all to him. And then the journey will become a bigger adventure than you can imagine. I'm on the journey too. I'm talking to myself in this one, but it is such a beautiful thought every day to take everything to God. So I want to thank you theologizers for joining me. 
on this 10th episode. I'm sorry that Benny Boy wasn't here this week. Um, I, I really wanted him to jump on a record with me. But since I had the day off and he was busy, I felt like I still wanted to get something out. So I appreciate you hanging for, with me as one half of the Theo Bros. Brett coming at you with another episode episode dedicated to my spiritual sage, George MacDonald, on the higher faith from his book, Unspoken Sermons. Take care, Theologizers. Hope you're having a great Christmas season so far. And uh, hopefully we'll have another episode out sooner rather than later. As always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time, Theologizers. This is the Theo Bros Podcast. <laughs>